The shepherds were there. We can go there too tonight, under the stars. This holy writer, he starts out almost, it seems, you could think flippantly. He says, there is a place somewhere where someone once said, what is mankind that you are mindful of him? And if, and if you don't read it more carefully, if you don't think about it a little more, you might think that the holy writer is actually being flippant. Like, come on, holy writer, why can't you at least name your sources? At least why can't you do a little bit re more research so that you can actually know where the reference comes from? Can we get a citation, please? And you might think that it's actually kind of flippant, but it's anything but. It is the road The following is a sermon from Peace Lutheran, a church located in downtown Aiken, South Carolina. For more information and for more content, go to peaceinaiken.com. I want to share with you tonight a very, very brief meditation here on Hebrews chapter 2, and let the holy writer here guide our thoughts here on Christmas Eve. This is what the writer says to us. But there is a place where someone has testified, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. This is God's word. There is an image that for me has become, I guess you could say, a Christmas icon of sorts. The image, it sits in my in-law's house every Christmas. I spotted it for the first time years ago when I was only the fiancé. You know how it is, you walk into the room, the Christmas tree is in the corner, everything has its place, and there I spot it, it's on the mantel place, right there in its pride of place. Turns out it comes out year after year after year after year. And for me, it's an image that is Christmas iconic. It's an image of a little boy, the first grandson. He stands there, sort of angled in the image. His back is framed by darkness. Actually, all of him is framed by darkness. When you look at him, he's facing the Christmas tree, and his arm is pointed out like this. He's a little two-year-old. It's this perfect chubby arm, sausage links, but you don't look at it. You look at the pointed finger, and you follow it to see what his eyes are transfixed by. See, he's transfixed. He has the perfect eyes of a two-year-old. And he's looking, staring, I think, at all the lights. 
And for me, it's an image of Christmas. Pure, perfect wonder. It's my prayer tonight that I can lead you in just a few moments deeper into this wonder. Let the holy writer, writer guide you to more of it. First of all, I want you to see the wonder under the stars. The shepherds were there. We can go there too tonight, under the stars. This holy writer, he starts out almost, it seems, you could think flippantly. He says, there is a place somewhere where someone once said, what is mankind that you are mindful of him? And if, and if you don't read it more carefully, if you don't think about it a little more, you might think that the holy writer is actually being flippant, like, Come on, holy writer, why can't you at least name your sources? At least why can't you do a little bit re more research so that you can actually know where the reference comes from? Can we get a citation, please? And you might think that it's actually kind of flippant, but it's anything but. It is the road to wonder. Maybe I can get at it like this. It's actually a kind of literary tactic. Like if I were to come to you and tonight and I could say, you know, somewhere, someone once said, I have a dream. All of a sudden, it would conjure up for you this speech, this man, this location, maybe even the cadences of what he said. This isn't flippant. This is evocative. It is meant to take you where God's people knew that this word came from. It came from the ancient people knew David. And it came from the start of the Psalms, that hymn book of God's people that has rested with us for hundreds and now a couple thousand years. And so the people would have immediately known it was David. And that what David did in this psalm, which by the way is the very first one in all of the Psalter that suddenly praises God. He takes you outside under the stars. And he says, do you see God's heavens? Do you see it? The stars winking at you? The stars as pinpricks in a fabric of darkness. God did that, David says, with his fingers. With his fingers. All of a sudden, David takes you there with his poetry and you begin to imagine who God actually is. This God who has taken the planets and set them into orbit. This God who has gathered up gaseous fires, mustered them with gravitational pulls, set 
the heavens so that you can look up at it and sense your own cosmic insignificance. Against the backdrop of a septillion stars, against the immensity of it all, against the depth and the breadth of the skies, who are you? And yet, God loves you. This is the wonder. Against the stars, God cares about you. This is the first place that the holy writer takes you. But he takes you to another place too. First, it's our wonder under the stars, but then it's our wonder under the darkness. The darkness which presses in on us, even as we think about the writer's words. He comes to us and he says, this is who God made you humans to be. God made you a little lower than the angels. He made you with glory and honor. He seated you as rulers in his universe. He put everything under your feet. This was the call to humanity to rule on God's earth with love and beauty and light. And yet, there is so much darkness. Darkness, it's a metaphor. You can take darkness as a metaphor and you can split it in two. It's talking about sin and its consequences. It's talking about the things that we do wrong, the things that other people do wrong, and the consequences that out into the creation, our broken bodies, our death, the things that need healing. There is so much darkness. Search the past. Search the past. Read the history books. The one doctrine, the one teaching that we can all learn from history is that humans are darkness. It is indisputable. Search the history books. It's true. Search the present. I was at a park the other day Somebody came up to me, they said, Pastor, please pray. They whisper to me, why? And so I pray and I shiver that that happened. I'm, I'm walking into my neighborhood this morning, it's a beautiful Christmas Eve 
I'm walking the dog. I'm with my wife. I'm walking up the hill. I come to this house I see there. Cars parked. I think of the people inside. The man was 36. Beautiful wife, five boys. He's gone. All the darkness. Search yourself. Search yourself. There is so much darkness in you too. It presses on us. Who are we that God would love us? But he does. But he does. The wonder of it under the darkness. But there is one last place that the holy writer takes us. Finally to the wonder that begins all the wonders of God. First, we were under the immensity of the sky. We sense our own insignificance. Then, we sense our own spiritual inadequacy and we're pressed down by our darkness. But God still loves us. Finally, we come to Christmas. This is Christmas, the holy writer says. It is transcendence and it is imminence brought together in Christ. It is God's height and it is God's depth brought together in Christ. It is God and it is man in perfect union in Christ. Christmas begins all of the wonders of God. Because Christmas was the moment when God became man. And God began to visit his world personally. To take it back from all the darkness. This is Christmas. In conclusion tonight, I want you to notice that my theme tonight was not warmth. That was tactical for me as a pastor. Strategic. Christmas isn't warm for everyone. There are some people here who are grieving. Some people here who are lonely. Some people here who are here for the first time, either to Christianity or, or else to this church. It's not warm for everybody here tonight. And that's okay. Because Christmas, really at its heart, isn't about warmth. It's about wonder. Wonder has the capacity to transport you when you experience it. To take you out of 
the mundane of your life and help you see it suddenly in a new light. Christmas is about wonder. That God would come here. That God would begin a holy war to take back what is rightfully his. To destroy not people, but all the darkness. This is Christmas. A holy war that God fights for us that would one day leave him dead on the battlefield. Only to become alive again. Sin killed. Death undone. The darkness past. Christmas is the morning star. That all of the light, everything that it means that Christ started when he was born, it starts tonight. Will you stare with me at all the light? This is the wonder of Christmas. Mm-hmm.